Hey, faithful listener, grab your cup of coffee and experience the Bible in a way you never have before. P40 Ministries is a podcast that goes through the Bible cover to cover. It's an awesome narrative that focuses your mind and prepares your heart for God to speak. So join your host, Jen, for a biblical podcast that's hilarious, informative, imaginative, and fun. The P40 Ministries podcast. Listen now as we go through the book of Mark. Hello and good morning, friends and faithful listeners. This is Jen here with the P40 Ministries podcast, and I'm so excited that you tuned in this morning to discuss the Bible with me. And, you know, we're getting into some really crazy stuff in the book of Mark here today because, uh, you know, this is leading up to Jesus's death. And I don't know if you guys remember if you're around for when I did the series in Matthew of Jesus's death, but I went into like the entire crucifixion and how morbid it was, like just the act of crucifixion. So I'm definitely going to be talking a little bit more about crucifixion here in the next coming days, but um, I'm going to try to make it a little different than what I did in Matthew. So here in Mark, we're going to be reading Mark chapter 14 verses 51 through 65. So make sure to grab that cup of coffee as we read together today or that cup of tea. I've been trying to switch a little bit over more towards tea, which is kind of crazy for me because I'm not really a tea drinker. (laughs) But I'm kind of starting to like tea a little bit more than I used to. Isn't that insane? That's just not me. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, anyway, grab that cup of coffee or that cup of tea and let's go ahead and read this. I'll be reading out the W.E.B. version as I always do. A certain young man followed behind, having a linen cloth thrown around himself for his naked body. The young men grabbed him, but he left the linen cloth and fled from them naked. They led Jesus away to the high priest, and all the chief priests, the elders, and the scribes came together with him. Peter had followed him from a distance until he came into the court of the high priest. He was sitting with the officers and warming himself in the light of the fire. Now the chief priests and the whole council sought witnesses against Jesus to put him to death and found none. For many gave false testimony against him and their testimony didn't agree with each other. Some stood up and gave false testimony against him saying, we heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands. And in three days, I will build another made without hands. Even so, their testimony didn't agree. The high priest stood up in the middle and asked Jesus, have you no answer? What is it which these testify against you? But he stayed quiet and answered nothing. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am. You will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of the sky. And the high priest tore his clothes and said, What further have we need of witnesses? You have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? They all condemned him to be worthy of death. Some began to spit on him and to cover his face and to beat him with fists and to tell him, prophesy. The officers struck him with the palms of their hands. So as you can see from the story, Jesus has been led into this fake trial, well, kind of fake trial here. (laughs) 
So one thing that um, is important to note is that nighttime trials were actually illegal according to the law of God, which we are talking about now in the book of Leviticus. We will see pretty soon here that nighttime trials were actually illegal according to the law. And these elders and these chief priests would have known this, but they didn't care. They wanted this, uh, I mean, they hated Jesus so much that they wanted this trial to be done in the middle of the night. And then they did end up having an official trial in the morning, but it was all fake. I mean, Jesus was set up from the beginning. Jesus was framed. In fact, it says here that they, they bought witnesses or they tried to find witnesses to come and like give false testimony against Jesus because they had nothing on Jesus. The only reason they wanted Jesus dead is because they were so insanely jealous of Jesus because of his popularity with the people. Because the uh, chief priests, they wanted that kind of popularity. They loved that kind of popularity. And having that role of a chief priest gained them that popularity with the people. A priest was somebody that was supposed to be honored, well-respected, you know, whatever. And they, they loved it. They loved that accolade that they got with being the high priest or the priest or whatever. So, they were so jealous of Jesus that he was stealing their thunder and he they wanted Jesus dead. But before we get too much into that, I actually want to focus on verses 51 and 50, I'm sorry, 51 to 53. And this talks about a young man that was following behind Jesus wearing a linen cloth and then he runs away naked. Okay, so this is the first time this has ever been mentioned in the Bible, and it's only mentioned in the book of Mark. This has no other account in any of the Gospels about this young man. So we know that Mark himself was a friend of Peter. In fact, we know from history that Mark was actually kind of like Peter's protege a little bit, and Peter and Mark got along super well. And Mark wrote this, this Gospel here, and it was only like, 20 years or something after Jesus went back up to heaven, I think uh, the book of Mark was written. But uh, he probably heard a lot of these stories from Peter himself. So right after Peter here cut off the servant's ear, it is very interesting that Mark did not name Peter's name. In fact, the only person that did name Peter's name was John. <laughs> who was also part of the disciples. And John was just like, yeah, it was Peter that did that. But Matthew and Mark did not mention Peter's name, probably because it was kind of embarrassing and they didn't want to put Peter in the spotlight, in the negative spotlight. So they didn't mention Peter's name. And especially Mark, I can understand why Mark wouldn't mention Peter's name because he he probably really looked up to Peter and uh, didn't want to mention his name with him cutting off the ear of um, of the high priest servant or whatever. So, so many people speculate that this is actually Mark, this young man in this linen garment who runs away naked. And it kind of lines up. I mean, this is, I mean, there's really no evidence that this is Mark. I think people just kind of... Um, you know, are, are putting puzzle pieces together that this might be Mark. But it to me, it kind of makes sense that this would be Mark because first and foremost, how would Mark know about this story? And secondly, we do find out in the book of Acts that uh, Jesus's disciples later on did actually spend a lot of time 
in Mark's house because Mark's mother was also named Mary and uh, she she often hosted the disciples and had meals in her house. So it's possible that the Passover dinner was actually in Mark's house. Like I said, this is all speculation. This is not part of scripture in any way, but just interesting content for you guys that I thought I would. So anyway, this could have been Mark's house, possibly, that Jesus had his um, had his Passover dinner at. And one of the stories is that it's possible that the reason Mark was following Jesus was because Judas returned to Mark's family's house to try to find Jesus for the Passover dinner. Because you remember that was the last place they were at. And then, of course, Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, uh, this place called Gethsemane, to worship God. And it was very common for Jesus to do that. In fact, it says that he was accustomed to going to the Mount of Olives. So Judas, since he was one of Jesus's closest disciples, he would have known where Jesus was headed off to. And it's possible that after he went to this house to try to find Jesus with uh, all those armed guards and everything, he went to go find Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And so this young man, if it was Mark or not, possibly... Like I said, none of this is uh, a biblical evidence or anything, but possibly went to go warn Jesus and was following along in his um, nightshirt because linen cloths back in this day and age were actually the common nightshirt wear. So <laughs> Mark was f- possibly following Jesus in his uh, in his nighty. <laughs> So then when um, when the guards maybe see Mark, it's possible they just grabbed his shirt to try to arrest him for, I don't know, warning Jesus or something. And then Mark uh, ran away naked, butt naked. <laughs> but anyway, that's the story regarding this young man. And um, to me, I, I guess it does make sense. The puzzle pieces are there that it's possible this is Mark just because I wonder about, um, you know, Mark's story and how he would have known this story. And then also because he had to talk about Peter, uh, you know, almost falling away from Jesus. Mark kind of gives his own story of falling away from Jesus, I suppose, uh, almost to be like, look, I, I, I'm in the same boat as Mark was or as Peter was, I mean. So I don't know. I mean... It is an interesting story, but there's truly no um, biblical evidence that this was or was not Mark. So it's just it's just a fun story that I thought I would throw out there for you guys to let you guys know what some of the people think about that. But anyway, no one knows who this young man was that fled away naked, but it was one of Jesus's other followers or something like that. Anyway... After this, it says that Peter was following Jesus from a distance until he came into the court of the high priest. If you listen to my Matthew episodes, there was actually a court outside of the high priest's uh, home and people could go there to like warm up. People could go there almost to like sleep. It sounds like Uh, it was 
it was very an int- it was a very interesting culture back then where people were just like they just like go and chill in people's backyards and stuff like that was just the culture like you would go and like sit in people's courts to like listen to their dinner conversation and stuff like there was no bubble there was no personal bubble <laughs> back then like people could just go and like eat wherever they wanted it sounds like to me now to me as somebody that lives out in the middle of the country if some person came and like sat in my backyard to listen to my dinner dinner conversation I'd be like what are you doing please leave sir (laughs) but that was just the culture back then so, you know, Peter is chilling in the court of the high priest and listening and watching to what happens to Jesus. And we know that he could hear what was going on because we do see it. I don't remember what book of the Bible it's in. It might even be in Mark. But Jesus actually looks at Peter uh, in the court and Peter makes eye contact with Jesus. So Peter was close enough to Jesus that he could hear what was going on uh, with this court procession, I guess. And so um, he's sitting with the officers, warming himself in the light of the fire. Now, these would have been officers that were probably Roman officers, and uh, they probably worked for the high priest. And so it says here that the chief priests and the whole council were like looking for witnesses to come and testify falsely against Jesus. There's so many laws being broken right now. It's just absurdly interesting that uh, I mean it shows the level of depravity that was happening with the high priests at this time because first and foremost like I said earlier there was not supposed to be a nighttime uh, council against anybody secondly the high priest had to have two or more witnesses with the same exact story uh, the Sanhedrin had to which were kind of like the lawyers back in these days they had to have two or more credible witnesses to come against a person. If there was not two witnesses found uh, that could come against this person, then that means that that person was, um, was not guilty. And then, you know, the third thing was that the law was broken with was when the high priest tore his garment because those were holy clothes. I mean, we talked about the intricacy of the ephod that's the, uh, that the high priest had to wear and how these were holy garments to God. These were not just the priest's clothing that he could do whatever he wanted in. These were to set him apart, to make him holy. And there was a lot of intricate and beautiful work and so much detail that went into each of these priest's garments that they were not supposed to uh, rip them in any way. They were not supposed to violate uh, some of God's stuff because the clothing that the priest wore kind of belonged to God as well. I mean, there was a whole chapter in Exodus dedicated to what the priest was going to wear from head to toe, basically. This was something that was very important to God. These clothings were very beautiful and intricate, and they were never supposed to be ripped or torn in this way that this high priest ends up doing. So this high priest broke another law. So, so far, there's three laws being broken. Uh, that I can think of right off the bat. There's probably plenty more that um, I I don't even know happening here with uh, everything. But I mean, there's three laws right here, just in a short span of time that are just broken. And uh, the the priests don't even care. They could care less that they are the ones breaking the laws because they're above the law. But oh my gosh, you better be careful if any of the other people 
in this time period broke a law because they could be excommunicated uh, from the Jewish community if they did anything against the law. So this just shows the level of depravity happening here. Jesus knew from the beginning how how insanely bad all of this was. But yeah, so it says here that a witness stands up against Jesus and gave a false testimony against him saying, we heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands. And in three days, I will build another temple made without hands. And even when they gave this testimony, the witnesses didn't agree completely. And, you know, it's interesting about this false testimony that this man gives is because, um, you know, Jesus said, you know, this temple will be destroyed and in three days I will raise it back up. But he was not talking about a temple made with human hands. So this man here took what Jesus said and fully twisted it so much that it became a lie. And he was making Jesus out to be this like terrorist that was going to like destroy the temple or whatever. And so, um, so obviously this was a false testimony against Jesus to make him look like a a rebel that was going to destroy the temple or something like that. And so, but even then, when that man said this false testimony, which I do kind of um, wonder like what, who this guy was. I wonder if he was just like listening to Jesus or one of Jesus's old followers or something, because if he heard Jesus said, said that he was listening to Jesus's preaching so I do find that interesting. But even when this man gave that testimony, other people's testimonies didn't agree. So there, there was nobody that could come forward. There was no two people that could come forward and give the exact same testimony against Jesus. So then finally, the high priest has enough. He's so irritated with how none of the testimonies are coming together. He feels like he's losing, maybe. He feels like Jesus is not going to get killed because he wants Jesus desperately to be killed so that uh, Jesus doesn't take his mojo or whatever. And so the high priest stands up and he says to Jesus, probably very angrily, and this would have been like a great show, you know, like the high priest standing up in front of everybody, you know, and this great person similar to like a king who has God's word on him. You know, he probably made a huge show out of it. He probably was like uh, super manipulative. And I, I mean, I can just imagine. But anyway, the high priest stands up talks to Jesus and he's like, why aren't you saying anything? And so he like yells at Jesus and Jesus does not answer him. So then the priest probably gets even more mad, the high priest, that Jesus is not responding to him because how dare Jesus not respond to the high priest, right? And so then the high priest asks him, are you the Christ, the son of the blessed? And so he, he probably knew that Jesus would say, yes, I am. Because he's probably, he probably heard Jesus say that in the past because there were a handful of times that Jesus did say he was the son of God and people got very angry. But so, yeah, I mean, Jesus was going to tell the truth. So he says, yes, I am. I, I am the son of God. And he says, you will see the son of man sitting at the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of the sky. Isn't that so cool? And obviously I believe that's Jesus talking about um, the end times when he comes back. And, uh, unfortunately, I don't know if these high priests, uh, are going to like it when he does come back the second time, <laughs> but it does say that every single 
person on earth when Jesus comes back is going to admit that Jesus is Lord. They're going to uh, bow the knee and admit he is Lord. Every single person on the planet will someday admit that, including this high priest here that tried to get Jesus killed and successfully did so. And so the high priest ends up tearing his clothes, like we talked about earlier, which in these days would have been a sign of great mourning. Oh, how dare Jesus say something like this, you know, and he tears his clothes out of this like complete and utter show. And this is sort of interesting how Jesus calls the priests hypocrites, because that was a, I believe, a Greek word that meant play actor. And this just reminds me of play acting right here is just this high priest making this huge show of ripping at his beautiful uh, garments to show his mourning of how upset he is that Jesus would dare say this uh, terrible thing that he is the son of God. And so, um, you know, the high priest gets so angry and he's like, do we even need these witnesses now? You heard what Jesus said about himself. He's uh, committed the greatest blasphemy and he should die is what the high priest is saying. So then everybody else agrees and they all start like completely abusing Jesus. They start like hitting him and punching him. And even the officers were striking him with the palms of their hands is what it says. So this is the one thing and I've mentioned this in Matthew where it was not just the Jews. I know a lot of people like to say like, oh, the Jews killed Jesus. No, I mean, it was the Romans too. It was the Gentiles and the Jews, which is the only two uh, people that the Bible is really broken into is Gentiles and Jews. So both the Gentiles and Jews abused Jesus and killed him. So yeah, it was not just the Jews and the officers here were striking him and, you know, saying prophesy as they're like striking him, like who hit you and uh, beating him. And it, it even seems to me like even some of the possibly the Sanhedrin and even the priests were doing some of this stuff because it said some began to spit on him and cover his face and beat him with their fists. So man, I mean, oh my gosh, this just this part, every single time I read it, uh, especially when I read it out loud, my voice gets kind of cracked because it's like, wow, you know, like Jesus endured that for us, you know, like he, he like completely remained silent, even though he could have uh, had his angels come down and rescue him, but he remained silent so that he could go through this great torture so that we, you and I could be saved. Friends and faithful listeners, this was Mark chapter 14, verses 51 through 65. I hope you enjoyed this um, this episode, and uh, I hope that you guys are blessed by the um, episode that I'm doing out of the book of Mark. And if you are, share them. You know, let people know that P40 Ministries exists. If you know anybody that wants to learn more about the Bible or is just starting out in their faith, I think P40 Ministries is such a excellent place for them to start learning about the scriptures and even people who just want a new narrative if you know anybody that um just enjoys uh listening to biblical podcasts or something like that let them know about p40 ministries as well but you know friends and faithful listeners i really do appreciate all of you guys i'm so thankful for all the new listeners i've been getting i'm thankful for my uh, listeners up in north ireland now and uh, in england as well in spain and Belgium. Thank you guys for tuning in over there across the big pond. 
And then, of course, here in America, thank you, Canada, for tuning in and for the various states. You know, uh, New Jersey is one of my highest listened to states now. And then I'm also thankful for um, Texas and North Carolina now. And then also New York has been tuning in as well as my home state, Ohio. So thank you, all of you for supporting the podcast by tuning in, but I hope to see you guys bright and early tomorrow morning. Happy listening and God bless.